Okay. <clears throat> Hello. Um, this is part two of the bullying podcast episode. And, um, okay, so if you are paying attention and you've been watching and listening to the podcast, the last episode, which I think was episode 12, was my mother and I talking about my experience with bullying. And we basically went into the story of, like, my story of what happened, what I went through in middle school. I'm happy to to uh, say now I just got a text message from <clears throat> one of my friends who's been following. Um, her daughter was going through some stuff. And in the premiere, what I like to do is I premiere the YouTube videos um, so that there's a live chat and people can actually chat with one another and I go in and I interact with everybody and stuff like that. Um, cause I like to hear people's like insights as, as everything is happening. Uh, so I'm happy to say that two people, two mothers connected, um, from that, that podcast and, and, uh, both their kids are being bullied or were being bullied, went through some, some depression stuff and they were able to put their kids together um, on Snapchat. And uh, this this happened just last night. I got the text message today. So I'm happy to say that that podcast, if nothing else, brought two kids together to a safe place, uh, a place where they could feel as though they belong. And I feel like that's what kids need, um, especially in that, that awkward phase of life, that adolescent phase. Um, <clears throat> but in the last episode... My mother and I went into the story um, and we briefly touched on how, you know, not only do we have to look out for the kids that are being bullied, as hard as it may seem and as hard as it sounds, we also have to look uh, look out for the, the bulliers because I don't think, bu- I don't think bullies are just born. They're created. And they're created in an environment where they're being bullied. And um, there were a lot of things I felt like I could, I wanted to say, but I, I couldn't because the conversation was just moving. And, you know, uh, Deb's very um, X Games mode sometimes. So when she has an idea, she just kind of goes and, and like, and I just kind of go with the flow of the conversation. So there were a lot of ideas. I should have written them down, but I'm going to just try and take them out of the files in my brain. Um, In regards to bullying, just as a quick preface, if you have not listened to the previous episode and have no intentions on listening to the previous episode, I told my story, uh, my mother and I told my story about how I was bullied. And um, I was verbally abused, I was physically abused in middle school and how that affected my life, even as an adult now at 31 years old, how it affects my life and my feelings, my body image, my self-image, uh, my self-worth at times. Um, and how, like, you know, the long-term implications of bullying. And also how two of my main bullies are now past. One, I know for a fact, died of a drug overdose. The other one who's also my age, just recently passed away. I don't want to speculate how she passed away uh, out of respect for her and her family. I don't want to put out their false information. But if it is drugs 
or anything um, to that nature. It just it just goes to show how hurt people hurt people. And a lot of the times when people are being and I say this even with cyber bullies and even with, um, uh, you know, trolls on the Internet, it's it's easy for you to see an somebody who's being an asshole on the internet or in person and just write them off as an asshole. You know what I mean? It's very easy to do that. It's human nature. But a lot of the times we have to dig deeper and see why it is that person is acting the way that they're acting. A lot of the times people don't want to be mean. Either it's a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism or, you know, Sometimes a defense mechanism is constantly being on offense because you're just waiting for the attack. So instead of waiting for the attack and being ready for defense, you're just constantly, you're going to attack first. It's like those people who are like, well, I'm so used to being hurt that I'm going to be the one who does the hurting first. It's that exact. And again, this goes back to every, I feel like all of these episodes tie into one another in one way or another. I did uh, an episode very early on in this podcast about self-love and about how, you know, um, we're a society of people who are afraid to get hurt so much so that we hurt. Because we're so afraid of being the ones that are hurt, we always become the hurt-ers, if that makes sense. And when it comes to bulliers, bullies, they're afraid of being bullied because they have no self-worth and they have no self-love because of whatever they're going through in their lives. I don't want to focus on the bullies. I don't want to, um, it's not okay to be a bully, okay? It's not okay to bully, but it's also not okay to bully a bully because you're essentially still bullying and you're continuing the cycle of hatred, this cycle of anger, this cycle of what builds up when you're not treated right okay um so my my what I was trying to say is it is a cycle it starts at the home with the parents or the adults in the in the child's life a lot of the times um kids are not growing up in the best environments and because a kid who is a helpless kid cannot defend themselves or protect themselves or be on offense with their parents or their um, uh, subordinates, if that's the right word, um, they take that aggression, they internalize it, and they refocus it to an innocent person, somebody who seems weaker. In, In my situation, it was me. I was a quiet, overweight easy target of a kid who was an, a brainiac bookworm a student um who minded my own business you know what I mean I was easy I was an easy target for somebody easy punching bag you know what I mean and a lot of the times again this ties into relationships too because when you're bullied as a kid and that's all you're used to you tend to get yourself even when you're abused as a kid by by adults, you tend to get yourself into relationships where you're used to that behavior. So it all ties in. It really does all tie in. But sticking with the topic at hand, um, that's the chain reaction. And in the in the podcast the other day, yesterday, um, I spoke about how 
me being bullied made me an angry kid, made me an angry adolescent where I was knocking doors off of hinges and kicking holes in in walls and doors when I got angry and the this wall that's right behind me if you're watching on YouTube is the wall that I put one of my friends through when he pissed me off you know I, I pushed him through the wall um you know just being a violent person taking because I was so afraid to take my aggression out which you shouldn't ever do anyway but the aggression that built up and the anger that built up from being treated that way I had harbored in I had internalized and I was also refocusing that onto my loved ones and the people that were closest to me because that's how I felt comfortable getting that shit out so there are a lot of ways that I feel as though we should be tackling bullying. There's, It's not just a one-size-fits-all. We have to remember that. Every person is different. Every situation is different. You know? Every family is different. Um, every scenario is different. You know, I, I was lucky enough that at that point, at that moment, I was depressed and everything like that, but I had people to pull me out of it or I had a support system or, um, you know, a, a light at the end of the tunnel that helped me through that, even in that suicidal uh, mind state that I was in, wanting to wanting to die, wanting to take every pill in the medic medicine cabinet because I felt worthless and I felt like I had nobody. The thing that pulled me through was the fact that Wait, hey, hey, you do have somebody. Not everybody has that inner voice or or has not everybody's as lucky as I was realistically, you know? Um so the moral the moral of of the story is we have to remember that this isn't a one size fits all issue, which means the solutions aren't one size fit, fit all, you know? Um I do think overall it's important for us as parents and guardians and role models in kids' lives to listen to our kids. Don't make assumptions. Don't um, don't deliver our message in a volatile way. You know what I mean? Because one little thing can set, especially when they're going through something, if you don't know, if you're not paying attention to the signs, because you're busy. A lot of the times we get caught up in our own shit. And we don't pay attention to the little people in our lives. We don't. We don't pay as much attention as we should. You know what I mean? Um, it's imperative that we listen to the children in our lives. And listening doesn't just mean hearing what's coming out of their mouths. Listening to their stories. Making sure that they feel literally heard. Listening also means reading the body language, um, asking questions even, you know, purposely going out of our way to ask questions. How was your day? And even if they say, oh, my day was fine or, you know, nothing happened out of the ordinary, reading, the, reading in between the lines with kids. We're not paying enough attention. And a lot of the times we want to live in our own fucking bubbles of, no, everything's perfect. Everything's fine. Fuck the outside world fuck what people are going to be thinking if your kid is depressed or if your kid is going through some shit but little johnny down the street isn't because he lives a perfect life well 
whatever, if that's the image that that family wants to portray, that their family is perfect and everything's wonderful, first of all, it's bullshit because that's, that's not true. No family is perfect. Kids go through shit. Families go through shit. Second of all, if your ownership of your kid's depression and your um, accountability for the situation that your child is in, whether a bully or being bullied, whichever part your kid is playing, taking ownership of it and taking accountability of it is first and foremost into uh, uh, taking the steps to fixing it and making it better. The situation doesn't go away just because you stick your head in the sand. No, my kid's not being, it's not as bad as he's making it seem. He's a little dramatic. She's a little dramatic. So, you know, it's not as, no, pay attention to your children. That's number one, that we need to be doing that not only as the adults in our kids' lives, as the family members of, of the kids in our lives, we need to be doing that as a system, as a community. The schools need to be doing it. Schools don't listen to kids. Schools don't listen to parents as much as they should. Because the schools are so worried about funding and they're so worried about, you know, the budgets and they're so worried about what it looks like from a PR standpoint. Well, how does it look from a PR standpoint if your school and you who are in charge in that school overlook a kid who's being severely bullied or even just mildly bullied, bullied nonetheless, and that kid goes home and puts a a gun to his or her head and ends his or her life. How does that look? You know what I mean? It's it's too many cover-ups. It's too much it's too much deaf ears. Too many deaf ears on on every side. The parents of the bully don't want to hear that their kid is is imperfect or sometimes the parents of the bully aren't involved enough and sometimes the parents of the bullied aren't involved enough. The moral of the story is we have to be involved in our kids' lives more. We don't listen to our kids. We don't. We're so used to working our nine-to-five fucking jobs, coming home really tired from our own shit, drained from our own shit, and the minute we get home, we don't want to deal with anything. So when your kid is is maybe not... um saying anything outright but maybe acting in a certain way and it's like oh I don't even want to deal with it you know if your kid's acting out in aggression at home and and it's like well this kid's just being an asshole no we're too quick to write people off as assholes especially kids especially kids and trust me I said it yesterday kids in middle school can be assholes and I said that as a blanket statement to say that they could be cruel because they're going through a lot of shit. They're not really assholes a lot of the times. You know what I mean? I don't believe for a second that my bullies, while they fucked me up and they were assholes at the time, they were acting as assholes, I don't believe that if they had some person or people in their lives that actually sat them down, maybe a therapist, that sat them down and actually listened to their issues and help them through their issues that they couldn't have also turned their lives around and might be alive today. You know what I mean? That people can change and people can be better 
if we give them the opportunity to be instead of writing people off. You know, you walk past a homeless person and you right away say, oh, that's a bum. But you know what? That's a human being that probably could have taken a different path had X, Y, Z not happened or had they not made this choice in their life. Sometimes people don't feel like they have any other way is the point I'm trying to make. So when it comes to bullies and it comes to being bullied, we have to listen. Again, communication. We have to listen, actively listen to our children. They're not just kids. Kids are kids. Listening to our kids is important. You know, my nieces uh, have a story, even if it's some stupid story they've, they've made up, you know, some seemingly like stupid story about some monster that they made up in their head and they want to just tell you a fictional story. You sit and you listen because when kids feel heard, they talk. You know what I mean? If I'm trying to talk to you and tell you how I feel and the minute that I'm trying to tell you how I feel, you pick up your phone and you put your head down and you have your phone, you, your head and your phone and you're not paying attention. Guess what? That's the last time I'm going to try and tell you anything. So don't get mad when cries for help are, 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 are happening and we're missing the signs because we're not. We're choosing not to pay attention. It's our responsibility. They're minors. It's not their responsibility. We have to be the leading example. We have to teach them that it's okay to communicate their issues. It's okay to talk about what's going on and that there's a certain way to speak about it and there's a certain way to get it out. And if they can't get it out and they don't know how to get it out, it's okay to take their kids to therapy so that they can learn if we don't know how to teach them, they can learn from professionals. This, I feel, is so imperative. Um, the schools need to be doing more, but we need to be doing more as adults. We're failing our fucking kids. We're failing our kids because we also don't know how to not be bullies. We also don't know how to not cyber bully. I'm 31 years old. My demographic on TikTok is literally 25 to 35 years of age or higher. And I still see trolls, mainly not really on my page, but I still see in that demographic there are trolls and people who are bullying. So that tells me that we are also in trouble. It's not just kids, but we're continuing the cycle by not being self-aware of our issues and the issues that we continue to have. Look at the political climate in this world right now. You know, look at, look at how you can't, we can't articulate our thoughts in an intelligible, amicable manner for too long. Because the minute somebody feels some, some way that's different than how we feel, they're an asshole. You know, um, so it starts with us, you know, it's like, it, it, it's like Michael Jackson said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. You know what I mean? Like it starts with us. What do we do 
especially people with little people in our lives? What can we do to be better examples for our kids so that we're not continuing this cycle of intolerance and this cycle of ridiculousness and this cycle of bullying? Cyberbullying is it's so easy to cyberbully somebody. It's so easy. It is so easy to get behind a keyboard. You don't have to face anybody. I I can literally say anything that I want to anybody without ever having to face repercussions. So why not? Why not get my my aggressions out on somebody? But you may be saying the wrong thing to the wrong person with the wrong mental illness. And then that person can't take whatever criticism, whatever destructive criticism or, or ad hominem that you throw at the, at them. And they may go and hurt themselves. You know, uh, I have so much to say and I'm kind of just speaking off the top, you know, but as somebody who was bullied, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I was, it was severe. It was like, you know, my mother said, I, I came home with marks, you know what I mean? On my body from, from people, um, as somebody who was severely bullied and is still dealing with the implications of that, even as an adult, um, I could tell you it is absolutely imperative that the parents of the kids get more involved in their children's lives and create a safe space, create a place for um, kids to be able to speak how they feel, you know, um, create the dialogue with kids. And there's no, again, there's no one size fits all because there are, there are parents who want to shelter their kids from everything. And there are parents who feel like exposing their kids to certain things at an early age and teaching them and having the dialogue is what helps. I'm, my opinion is whatever suits you, whatever you feel suits your kid, you know your kid better than anybody else, you know what's going to help them. And what's going to teach them the best way. Uh, so do what feels right to you. But I do think it's helpful to have the conversations. You know. Um, it's not just, oh, I was bullied for a year. And I'm so happy I'm not bullied anymore. And you move on with your life. Essentially, as a 13, 14 year old kid, me, I'm speaking from my experience. Yeah, I was bullied from 12 to 13 for that entire, you know, year, year and a half, whatever it was. Um, and then when I hit, when I hit, um, high school, I became a different person and I wasn't bullied anymore. But me becoming that different person, even though I didn't go down a path of drug use or law breaking or anything like that, I didn't take it to the extreme, I still became a different person scholastically where I wasn't 
living up to my best potential um, academically because I was afraid to. Because I saw the bullying as, well, I'm smart. They don't like me. They don't like me because I'm smart. They don't like me because I have really good grades. And they don't want to see me succeed. Because somewhere, wherever they're in their development, they're maybe not as, um, I don't want to say as smart. They're maybe not as, uh, uh, they don't absorb as quickly as I do or they don't learn the same way or whatever it is they see me as this person that has probably something that they want academically and so they want to um tear it down you know what I mean and so because of that the the bullying happens um and from from that from me being bullied in that way I became a different person academically. I purposely du- uh, dumbed myself down. And had I and 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 that essentially that affect my entire life because had I stuck with the academics and had I said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm not going to go this path. I'm going to continue to do well in school. I'm going to continue to be who I am." And 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 you know, get really good grades. I could have been valedictorian of, of my, of my graduating class. I could have gotten scholarships to all of these, you know, any college of my choice. I'd be graduated college instead of now at 31 in, in nursing school. And I'm not saying I regret any choice that I made. The choices that I've made shaped who I am, made, made me who I am today. Um, but, but I do see how how me being bullied shaped my choices, if that makes sense. And there are moments where, yeah, I do wish that I would have gone to college right right out of high school and and had better grades and saw school like it changed my entire outlook on academics. For so long, I was like, academics mean shit. You know what I mean? Like, nope, get away. Because, you know, the more I focus on academics, the less cool I am, the less uh, popular I'll be or whatever it is. So I veered away from the academics. Now I see the importance of learning, especially in today's, again, I mean, this is a topic for another time, but especially in today's political climate and, and the way that our country is going and how ignorant certain people are about certain subjects and how pseudo intelligence is now this popular thing. And, and, um, uh, we believe all of these conspiracy theories and these ridiculous stories because we're not educated and we're not as well read and we don't read up on, you know, the actual research and, 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 you know, all of this stuff. So I, I see how important it is, how important knowledge is now as a 31 year old, you know, um, but because I was bullied, I didn't. And because I didn't, I didn't see school as priority. You know what I mean? And it shaped my choices that followed as an, into adulthood, you know, until I came back to myself.
and finally was i had a friend who who was like bro you, you're so smart you're doing all these paper like i was writing papers for all of my friends that were in college but i was working full time they were paying me to do their papers and my friend sat me down and was like bro you're doing all of these papers for everybody else all of our friends are asking you to do papers for them and you're getting them a's you should be enrolling in school and getting yourself a's and telling everybody to go fuck off and i was like yeah you're right and then i went back to school you know well again side story uh but what i'm trying to say is bullying being bullied shapes us it's not a one and done you don't get bullied and then oh i'm not bullied anymore okay move on with life it's not like that it's the same way it's not like oh you don't get into a relationship with a toxic person and then you end that relationship with that toxic person and then it's like yeah moving on in life there are implications there are mental emotional and sometimes physical implications to being abused and to being bullied we have to consider that we don't take that into consideration. We don't. We don't take it as seriously as we should. And it is. It's very serious. Uh, so yeah, while last episode I was telling my story and I was giving my insight on the subject uh, briefly and, you know, my mother was giving her um, her insight on the subject uh, as a parent I feel as though there's so much more that could have been said and that needs to be said. And one of those one of those things is we as parents and the adults in the situations have to be just that. We have to be the adults. We have to be the role models and we have to listen and speak effectively. We have to understand that it's not easy to come forward and talk about, you know, um, somebody who's bullying. It's not easy to, it's not easy, uh, to admit that we're not the coolest human being on the planet. You know, it's, it's not easy for parents to admit that our kids aren't perfect, that our kids are being bullied. Uh, I mean, that our kids are being the bullies. That's not an easy thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make any excuses for, for parents. But it's definitely not the easiest thing in the world uh, when you know your kid one way or you think you know your kid one way and um and then you're being told that they're a completely different way i.e. a bully and not to mention uh we talked about how it starts in the home and everything like that. Not all bullies are created in a home per se where they're being bullied. Maybe, maybe that bully 
is let's say look, look at look at just take for example sexual orientation right let's say i am a kid an adolescent coming into my own sexuality in a home where my parents i know outwardly don't accept the sex don't accept gays don't accept you know anything other than heteronormativity right but I know by being exposed to certain things or whatever and, and going through my own exploration, I know in adolescence that I'm gay, right? Now, I'm angry that I can't express that in my home. I can't be myself in my home. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take that aggression out on somebody else. So not it's not always oh, like, you know, kids from it's not. Bullies aren't always born in these environments where they're um, overtly being bullied, if that makes sense. It's not like, oh, you're being abused, then you're a bully. And that's the only time that bullies are made. No, bullies, bullies are created for many different reasons, by many different environments, in many different environments, if that makes sense. What I'm trying to say is <sighs> combating bullying doesn't mean taking the I don't think here's here's another thing. This is my personal opinion. I don't think that when a kid is being bullied, you should take the bully and just punish them. And that doesn't solve anything. That's putting a band-aid on an issue. Uh that's putting a band-aid on an issue that requires stitches, you know, eventually it's all going to come seeping out. <laughs> um, that band-aid's only going to be able to hold for so long. I don't think that expelling the the bully or putting the bully into some sort of disciplinary program is always the best thing. We have to we have to ask ourselves why is this kid being a bully? Why? What is going on inside this kid internally that they're acting like this? Psychology psychologists, uh social workers, I think they need to get involved. Not only for the kid who's being bullied cuz clearly that kid who's being bullied is depressed and needs help, but for the the kid who's bullying, it, it, it we're never going to change that kid. Like I said yesterday in the podcast yesterday, hurt people hurt people. What you have inside of you is what you're going to project to the world. If you have negativity inside of you and you negatively talk to yourself, you're not going to positively talk to other people. You know, if you hate yourself, you're going to exude hate to other people. If you have negativity inside of you, you're going to, in one way or the, or the next, exude hate to other people. You know? Um, yes, I have body image issues. I have insecurity issues. But I want 
because I'm an overall, my foundation is joy and happiness. And, you know, that's just who I am. You guys can feel that. People who know me can feel that. People who are in my presence can feel that, right? That's who I am as a person. So because I am that way, I want others to feel that. I want everybody to feel safe and to feel accepted and related to and happy because that's what I want for myself and that's what I'm striving for for myself and that's what I have inside of me you know um we can't be nice to others if we're not being nice to ourselves you know if you have nothing in your cup to spill out I mean if you yeah if you have nothing in your cup for yourself then you have nothing in your cup to spill out right so if you have coca-cola in your cup well when your cup is overflowing guess what's going to be coming out coca-cola if you have acid in your cup or poison in your cup well then guess what when that cup is overflowing you're not going to be spilling out coca-cola you're going to be spilling out the the acid or the poison because that's what's in your cup i hope that makes some sort of sense um, that analogy. So, so we have to realize that the bullies need help too. That bullying, as as easy as it is to fucking get pissed off, because it's easy when somebody's being an asshole and acting like an asshole. It is so easy to just be like, "Well, you're a piece of shit." Bye. But those are the people who need the most help. Those are the ones who need the most compassion. Those are the ones who need the most love, you know, because they're starting from not only they're not starting from zero. They're starting from negative. They're starting from negative 10. So we have to give them even more love and compassion as hard as it is to do that when they're being assholes and mean. That's what we have to do. And that starts with getting them help. Getting them into the right hands. Social workers, psychologists, their parents probably aren't going to do it if they're coming from broken homes or, or homes where the parents aren't taking accountability for themselves. That's not a, that's not a set of parents that's going to take accountability for their kid, you know? The school systems have to, have to get involved and, 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 and sit down and try and talk to these people. We write, we write these people off. We write drug addicts off as just pieces of shit. We write, and I mean, granted, there are people who are just too far gone and have done too much shit. I'm not saying evil doesn't exist in the world and that, uh, you know, when people get to the point of no return that we shouldn't just turn our backs on them because it's, it's wasteful of our energy to to expel on them that's not what i'm saying but when it's a kid an innocent impressionable kid in adolescence um even even early adolescence that is the time that is the molding time so that they don't get to the point of 30 31 fucking 25 and they're 
ODing on drugs because nobody ever gave them a chance as kids. Everybody just wrote them off. The school system just fucking gave them detention and did nothing else about it. This is what I'm talking about. This is breaking, this for me, at least in my opinion, it would be breaking the cycle. Not uh, disciplinary action. <laughs> You know, and this again, everything that I say ties into everything that I say and believe ties into what I believe in the world. You know, um, there are certain situations even in the world where, you know, I don't think police are necessary or like, you know, um, uh, arresting somebody is necessary, but really taking these people to the proper uh, uh, mental health professionals that they need to see to get them rehabilitation. Sometimes rehabilitation is the, is the proper means. You know what I mean? Um, that's how I feel about bullies. That's how I feel about kids, especially. It is so much harder to break certain habits and break certain ways of being when it's all you've known for 30 plus years. It is much easier to shape a kid or reshape a kid onto the right path and to the right place and state of being when they're 10, 11, 13. You know, that age is is critical. And that age is where it really starts. You know, prepubescence into high school even is where, you know, it, it, it's most crucial for us to be getting involved and intervening not in um not in a um authoritative way where we're saying oh you're a bully okay you want to be a bully fine go sit in a corner and write your name 30 million times until you've learned something that's not going to teach anybody anything instead we have to say okay you're bullying what is it that okay and it's going to be hard. It's not going to be a one and done thing when when it comes to working with with people who are bullies. You know, it's not they obviously it's that's um that is a cover, you know? Um so it's going to be hard to break through layers and break through barriers that have been put up and defense mechanisms. That's not going to be an easy feat whatsoever. But you find nobody, nobody in this world, I don't believe, un unless you're a fucking born sociopath or have some sort of mental illness, nobody in this world wants to be evil. Nobody in this world wants to not be related to, you know, um, look at the movie American History X, which I think is based on a true story, uh, you know, there are many stories of, of skinheads and um, white supremacists' lives being turned around by simply being, not, not by being shunned, by being exposed to a black person and realizing, holy shit, we're one and the same. You know what I mean? Um, that's what I think is important. That's what I, th I think we, I think we tackle these issues in a completely different way and we need to take it from a different angle. The school systems need to take it from a different angle instead of just simply creating disciplinary actions and expelling kids and giving them, giving them 
out-of-school suspension or in-school suspension or suspending them or whatever it is, instead of doing that and slapping them on the wrist and hoping that that changes their complete uh, trajectory of, of behavior, instead of doing that, we need to intervene and actually take time for these kids and, and, and sit down with these kids and have a team of mental health professionals and counselors and even um, maybe even uh, a, a session where the bully and the bully, the bullied get together and have like, you know, uh, uh, one on well not yeah one on one session with the two of them with a mediator where they can resolve their differences or they can um do exercises to see what they have in common you know what i mean certain things like that there is there is um we can create so much change in this world even with even beyond bullies if we just simply listen to each other and we simply just try to relate to one another. People with complete opposing opinions can become the best of friends if they find one piece of common ground. And I think when it comes to bullies and bullied, and again, I'm, I, I, I know it's not a one-size-fits-all where this isn't going to work in every scenario. I'm not completely idealistic in this way of thinking that um, I'm not living life with complete rose-colored glasses where I feel like that's just the answer to everything, you know? Um, there are going to be situations where it's too far gone, and I get that and I recognize that. But why not try another way that could maybe, even even if it helps... 30% of the situations that that occur, 30% of the bullying scenarios that occur, it can improve. That's 30 fucking percent. You know, that's 30 kids out of 100 that aren't committing suicide because they were able to fix the issue. You know what I mean? If we can make that type of impact by trying something new, why not? Why not? Clearly what we've been doing hasn't really been working. Um, but this, the what I was trying to, there was a story, a side story I was trying to give. Um, there's this church. It's called the um, Westboro Baptist Church. And they are basically like a cult. Uh, they're, they're located in Topeka, Kansas. And I was, I, as a, you know, younger, as a, in my younger years, I came across this church and I was very intrigued by by them. Um, first, angered because they're the type of church that goes and um, uh, even at like the kids are indoctrinated to go to these um, funerals for soldiers and they protest the funerals for soldiers by holding up uh, signs that are very obscene. Some of which say, quote, God hates fags um, or or other signs that just scream obscenities about how soldiers are fighting for faggots. You know what I mean? Things like that. Um, and they're protesting soldiers uh, funerals. And they're very controversial. Look them up. Westboro Baptist Church. Look them up. There's a whole, I think, two documentaries about them. Very interesting bunch of people. 
Um, and it's, it's basically a cult. If you deny what they teach, um, and there's only, you know, let's say 60 members of the church or whatever it is, I think it's less than a hundred. If you deny what they teach, even if you are a daughter or son of the highest member of the church, you know, the pastor, um, you're shunned. You're, you're no longer, they don't even look at you. So there, there was this girl, um, I promise there's a, there's a, a moral to the story. There was this, this girl, she was the, I want to say the daughter of, you know, the, the, um, coordinator of this entire cult, the daughter of the pastor or her, the pastor was her grandfather or something like that. I forget her name. The last name is Phelps, P-H-E-L-P-S. Very interesting. And they were on Twitter. Um, and one of the, the girls in the cult was giving her opinions on Twitter and everybody would attack her. Everybody. Oh, you're a fucking asshole. You're this, you're that and say nothing of value. And there was this one person who was on Twitter. He was a a, a guy and he would actually have intelligible, meaningful debate with this woman. Um, and it didn't break through at first. But every single time she would post something, he would debate her. Instead of attacking her character, he would talk to her and relate to her and debate. And this happened over however long, months, weeks, whatever. And eventually his, his language broke through to her. And broke her out of the cult. And the two of them ended up getting married. And now she's out of the cult. Married to this man. um, Still believing in God or whatever. Still having her beliefs. But not being this hateful bully of a human being. Um, And it all literally changed from one person just simply having a conversation. Instead of attacking her and her character. Because a lot of the times we don't feel as though we're doing the wrong thing. We're doing what's right for us at that point or what we feel is right for us. So what I'm trying to say is we can make a huge difference in both lives. Yeah, it's easy to look at the kid who's being bullied and and I am somebody who was bullied. It's easy to look at that kid and empathize because they did nothing wrong. You know, they're not the one at fault for being bullied. They're the victim in the situation. So it's easy to look at the victim and think, what do you need? Let's talk to you. But what we need to do is the harder thing, which is look at the bullier and say, what do you need? More importantly, most importantly, what do you need to stop this cycle of violence? Is there anything that we can give to you that that's constructive and productive that'll take you off this path of violence and bullying and make you realize that you as well are a human being. Not only is the victim of the bully a human being, but the bully is also a human being and needs something. And if we just take more time to figure it out, maybe, just maybe, we'll make a change. A significant change. 
you know, you can throw every drug drug addict in jail and criminalize them. Is that going to stop them from doing drugs? No, it's not. Sometimes all we need in life is a little fucking compassion and a little... All we need in life is to know that we've been heard and that we have a place to be heard continuously. And that goes for both sides of the coin, you know. Um, I'm not, and again, I'm not sitting here saying uh, that we need to, you know, look at, we need to... um pat bullies on the back or baby them or whatever. Sometimes they need a little fucking tough love too. Don't get me wrong. Because, you know, look at look at people who commit heinous, murderous crimes. Obviously, there's something unhinged with them. Does that mean that they shouldn't be criminalized? No, there's still there needs to obviously be a punishment and repercussions as well, but there also needs to be rehabilitation. There also needs to be a space for that kid to let out what they need to let out because clearly they have something inside of them that they need to let out that's what I'm saying you know I'm not taking a complete pacifistic role and saying you know let's not discipline them discipline doesn't work but it doesn't it can't just be discipline you know it can't just be out of school suspension that's not the answer I hope this makes some sort of sense. I hope I've gotten my point across. Um, This bullying conversation is a conversation I think I want to continue to have. So if you're watching this um, and you have questions or you have comments or opinions or you disagree or you agree and you want to elaborate or whatever, if you're a mental health professional watching this or listening to this and you want to give your insight let me know. I want to learn. I want to talk. I want to discuss. Um, I want to have the dialogue. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's what this platform is for. It's 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 an open discussion. That's why I do these. When I put these on YouTube, I do these, uh, the premieres, so that I can actively see, you know, people's reactions and what they're thinking and feeling and, how, and you know, whatever. Um, and I want to learn. I'm not by any means am I claiming to be an expert on the subject these are just my opinions merely opinions as a lay person who knows nothing in the grand scheme of things you know um so I hope that I've shed a little bit more light um I could go totally on on another path and talk about the emotional implications that being bullied has on people and what it's done to me. Maybe I'll do that in another podcast down the road. Um but I feel as though I felt as though I just wanted to say this. Uh just be compassionate, be kind even when it's hard. You know, we're all human beings. I'm not always, you know, someone cuts me off on the road. I'm I'm not always I'm not like, oh, what are they going through? You know what I mean? If somebody cuts me off on the road, I'm like, you fucking piece of shit. You're a dick. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's human nature. That's what we do. That's how we are. But if we can just try to be more mindful, maybe we'll we'll create a lasting change, a ripple effect that, you know, 
can spread. Uh, positivity and happiness and laughter is contagious. And I think that that's, that is the pandemic that we need to be, um, creating instead of this COVID bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm done. I've, I've talked for an hour. My back is fucking killing me. Uh, again, if you have questions, if you have elaborations that you want to make, if you want, um, if you have a comment, if you want to say anything, I'm I'm so here. You guys know I watch what you guys say during the premieres on YouTube, so I read your your reviews on um on Apple. I'm listening, trying at least. So, anyway, the secret word for today is Zoom. The secret word is Zoom. If you've listened up to this point, comment, DM me, whatever it is. Zoom. Z-O-O-M. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention. (laughs) I love you guys very much. I hope this resonates. And um, I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.